Hello, well, the tables have turned. I'm Kelly Webb and I'm taking charge of this, the 100th episode of the Evolve to Succeed podcast this week. I'll be interviewing Warren Munson, whose podcast this is, of course. Warren is foremost a family man, husband to Michaela and father to Alex and Savannah. I would also point out loyal friend too. But most of you will know him as an inspirational leader and entrepreneur based here in the beautiful area of Poole in Dorset. Warren started his career in a corporate environment but soon realised he had ambitions beyond that arena and started his own accountancy firm, Inspire. Sometime later, Evolve was formed and I'm going to talk to Warren today about his journey that led him to the point he's at now, where he's written a book and, of course, he's doing a regular podcast. In the words of the man himself, let's get on with the show. Hello, Warren. This feels really weird. Hello, Kelly. <laughs> Well, thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast to interview you about your podcast and your life. <laughs> yes, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be good. Well, I've never played the parky role before, but uh, I'll do my best <laughs> okay. for you, Warren. Well, I thought, turning the tables, let's start right at the beginning with your education. Did you carry on and go to uni or did you leave at 14 to clean windows or maybe it was something in between? <laughs> something in between, but closer to the latter, actually, Kelly. Oh. Left school at 15, just about to turn 16 with um, five GCSEs. I had great fun at school, but never really engaged with education, which is strange considering I went on to do my professional qualifications and all of those things. But circumstances at home at the time just meant... This was back in 1989, recession came along, dad lost his job because he didn't want to participate in a management buyout of a company he was working for and life just changed and it was just right, got to go and do something, got to be independent and as a consequence, I suppose, you know, not being engaged in education, get out into the real world and do something different. I suppose there would have been more apprenticeships around at that time, would there? Oh, was that the YTS days or had they already gone no, by then? we were in Ma Maggie Thatcher's YTS days. Oh. So my first job was a trainee accountant for a firm called Thomas & Morven. Oh, I know it well. I think it's based in Wimborne. It's based in Wimborne, it is, and it's still there to this day. A uh, guy there called Paul Thomas gave me my first opportunity and it was. It was a YTS job, £60 a week come be a trainee accountant and yeah put me on uh, a course but there wasn't many YTS accountants one of the things I do remember was that the only actual YTS training course I could do was in sales and actually when I look back that's probably one of the great things that happened because it taught me a different skill set that probably has stayed with me to this day. So in the early days then did you have ambitions really just to get out there in the market as you said because of the way things were at home or was accountancy something that was leading you and drawing you towards it? I suppose the two things I always I had the conversation with the girls when we were on holiday last week was that I was good at great at maths so I was top set maths and I was with bottom set English so I was completely contrasted mm. and in between the other subject I was great at was art so I had maths and art so I always had this thing where I was going to go and be a photographer go to arts university and looked into all of that kind of stuff life changed and kind of left school and I think parents were really supportive they could see what was happening they'd already always one thing they really taught me was to be independent um and that was a character I think that's a characteristic again that stayed with me and that sense of independence but what they did say is you're going to do this you know might not quite agree but 
will be supportive, but go and do something where you can continue some form of education. And therefore, when the job in, as a trainee accountant, that applied the math skills that I had, and therefore off I went and took the job. So there was never a career choice as such. It was something that just fell into. When you know you're good at something, it's quite rewarding then to, to be able to do it and be told that you're good at it. It's, yeah. We all need that kind of pat on the back, don't we? That we you're do. doing well at this. It's, it's okay. You're doing all right. So um, you, you had a YTS and then you moved on there. I guess things were quite good in the YTS and you were finding success there. You were yeah. enjoying it. You were getting on. So what, what were your ambitions there in terms of going on to, oh, I'm on to bigger yeah, and better things is, then? It's really interesting because I think that first point was that, you know, earning £60 a week, trying to be independent. I had two or three other jobs. I was working in a bar. I sold burglar alarms door to door. Christ, knocking on doors on wow. a Saturday morning. Uh, age 17 selling burglar arms door to door and I was doing everything and I think it was about just survival and I think it was about creating an income stream so that I could you know I wasn't a burden on my parents you know then moved out of home and then really it was about actually probably as you just said Kelly I found I could do this and I was good at it and I enjoyed it and I moved jobs two or three times different firms all small independent firms, all teaching me something different. And it was just a kind of career thing. And finally qualified as an accountant, qualified as a chartered tax advisor, working for a firm called Richard Manninko. So um, Richard was a great guy, still is a great guy, uh, based over in Highcliffe. So kind of other end of the conurbation to Wimborne, um, was his office manager, but knew I had more about me. You know, he was talking about, well, maybe you could take the firm on for me and all of that. And I knew that's not what I wanted. I needed to see... And stretch myself and push myself. Again, a theme we'll probably come back to throughout the conversation. And you'd have been quite young having those thoughts then in terms of some people plan, well, I'm going to do this in five years or 10 years. Other people just end up where they end up. But you kind of knew, I want something. I'm not quite sure, but I don't think it's this. It's quite insightful for someone quite yeah, young, I think. I think it's a hunger and a drive through that circumstance. You know, when I think about it, I think, you know, it was a torrid time at home, you know, um, and seeing what my dad was going through. But I think that gave me a hunger and a desire. And I think it was hunger that drove me. And it was always right. What, how can I prove myself? How can I go one step better? How can that not happen to me? Mm. And I think um, when I look back, you know, that really formed me. And I think that's therefore what drove me. So it was right. always, okay, well, if the next thing I could do is I could be that. Well, if I'm now can get there I can reach that no well actually I'll be feel more secure if I can get to there so it was that seeing that what sounds like a catastrophic impact on your family through was it a redundancy was yeah. it so that lack of control allowing your future to be in employers hands yeah. and not your own made you seek out that security for yourself so that couldn't happen you couldn't be made redundant by someone that's yeah, what you're I, kind I of saying I think that's ultimately saying so we ended up yeah left Richard's I went into corporate life, as you said in the intro, joined Grant Thornton. It was a great firm. That's and a big firm as well, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Big firm, big international firm. As soon as I joined, it was like, well, where's, where's the hurdle point? Where's the next step? And after several steps, it was, well, it's partnership. And it was that's what drove me, right? What do I need to be a partner? What do you need me to do? And off I went and jumped all the hurdles, got on the gerbil wheel, spun it around <laughs> to at just, just turned 30, really young for that kind of opportunity, got the opportunity of saying, right, this was January, you know, in June, partnership opportunity is there for you. It's there for the taking. 
you know, this is what you've worked towards for the last four years. Take it. And that was a moment of truth for me because I think you've hit the nail on the head, Kelly. I think it was that point about, yeah, but you've just made me jump all these hurdles. I've been spinning this wheel. And every time you said jump, I've said how high and I've achieved, but I'm not in control here. And it was a great place. And I couldn't do what I do now if I hadn't spent those four, four and a half years there. And I'm really thankful for it. And I met some great people along the way and had some incredible experiences. And it changed me as an individual, made me a better professional. And as I say, enabled me to then go and do Inspire, but it just wasn't me. And that moment of truth and realisation hit as soon as the opportunity was there. Mm. It was more... It's this, be careful what you wish for, isn't it? Because you obviously were seeking the the top, the most best position that you could get to. And then as soon as it's there for the taking, you're like, it's that point of decision making, yeah. like before I jump. So you must have enjoyed it for, for a point, that learning curve obviously is something that's really mm. important to you. And all of our experiences take us to where we are today anyway. But was it was there an enjoyment working within a corporate environment for a bit? Were there parts yeah. of it that you look back and you think, gosh, that was dreadful being in a corporate environment? Yeah, I think, um, I think it was the politics. Yeah. I think for me, you know, some of my values is you know, that honesty, integrity. I can't play games. My heart's on my sleeve. And you couldn't be true to yourself in that environment because there was games being played all, all over the place, politics being played, people climbing over each other. Yeah. That's the bit I didn't enjoy. Like I say, the bit I did enjoy was, you know, I went out to South Africa. I went to different places in the world. I experienced different things. I got involved in some really challenging projects. I worked up in London, you know, um, with the national tax team. My knowledge, my experience, it all changed me. It all formed me. And they were great things. And the people I met along the way, as they say, you know, were incredible. And, you know, one individual, Mike, who hopefully perhaps we'll have a chat about during the course of this conversation, you know, became a lifelong friend, mentor, Yoda, um, and I wouldn't have met him. And he fundamentally changed my life. Mm. And that's, I always have this kind of thing that I don't regret anything. Yeah. You know, you might regret sort of pushing that cup of tea off the table, but in terms of big life things, even when they've gone wrong, or even if they were shorter lived than you'd imagine, they make you who you are today. They all add into the pot of experiences and that. So you're saying you look back fondly on Grant Thornton. It was a really important period in your life and you met some important people. So it's not a regret at all. It was Absolutely. a springboard to the rest of your life, your working I'm, life. I'm with you. I don't think you can live. I've got no regrets. I've made some huge mistakes along the way and <laughs> there's things I do differently possibly but I don't regret anything because I think if you live a life of regret you become very bitter yeah absolutely and you actually, can't change it no and, and experience life's about experiences and choices and you know you turn yeah. left or you turn right and then you deal with the consequences <laughs> yeah. of doing it you can't regret things yeah. you know it's just they're the decisions you made at the time well that's it you you can look back as you say and say well if I was this age with this experience and this knowledge and I was given that decision again you might make something different but we make the right decisions at the right yeah. time for the right reasons absolutely I might turn right when I turn left but with the facts and everything and where I was in life you turn turn left and hindsight's a wonderful thing but probably yeah. only ever kicks you in the teeth doesn't it so so one of the important things that came out of that as you just alluded to is a great friendship then yeah Tell us about Mike so I always say that in business and in life, I think you need some people around you, maybe some role models that, um, you know, 
help you on, along your way and in your journey, and particularly when you're running a business. So one of the things, you know, kind of preach to our clients and, and is a big part of the role is surround yourself with like-minded people and great things can happen. And for me, so Mike was a partner at Grant Thornton in Paul. He was completely different. He had, he was, had this completely different approach that I'd seen from anybody else I'd worked with, which was build relationships with the clients and real relationships. And he would say, it's, it's, philosophy, it's our philosophy inspired. You know, clients, people don't want to talk about, you know, you know, their turnover, their gross profit, their ratios. They need to know that. What they want to talk about is how you're going to help them in life and what mm-hmm. are their ambitions and what drives them and what does good look like for them. And that's his, his approach. And it was completely different. So he kind of took me under his wing, um, worked with him on a large number of his clients. But he then started to do some stuff with conferences, national communications with GT. And we, you know, um, but he was really supportive. And in terms of that partnership, you don't get to be the offer of partnership unless you've got the support of the mm. people around you. And he was my biggest supporter. And then I left. So, and uh, <laughs> we fell out. <laughs> he was disappointed in me. He thought I was making a mistake and we didn't talk for a number of years. And... Um, he then retired and I remember it's the best thing I ever did was I picked up the phone to him and I said Mike look, we haven't talked for four or five years I know you're upset when I left I know I disappointed you but can we just go for a beer and a chat um an hour later I said right I need somebody to come in I need a mentor I need somebody to chair kind of inspire to lead lead us and you know I often say to tell me when I'm being an idiot because I'm headstrong so I need yeah. somebody around me and he became that person. So, um, so you yeah. rekindled your friendship. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and he became lovely. so much more than that. He's been a, you know, I've got a great dad, but he became a father figure to me. Um, and yeah, I mean, sadly, he passed away in July this year, and it's it's been tough. But you know, I look back and I think the lessons he taught me and the time we shared together was important. But mm. he definitely shaped me because of his different kind of approach, and yeah. it had to be about having fun, understanding the clients, but actually that ability for yeah, as I say, somebody to turn around and be put their arm around your shoulder when times are tough in business because it mm, is someone know, that understands. It's a roller coaster ride, yeah. and you know you need that. You need people around you. It doesn't need to be a mentor. It doesn't need to be a non-exec, but it can just be fellow business owners that are sharing your journey that can put an arm around your shoulder mm. when it's tough and say, I've been there. That feels like quite an important message for your clients at, at, at Evolve and and probably Inspire as well that. Sometimes it's um, lonely. It's mm. a lonely place to be the it's successful really business place. owner. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know to succeed in anything. I think you push yourself and you push your boundaries, and as a result, it can become lonely. Mm. So, good yeah. learning point there for everyone listening. Uh, just taking you back a little bit, then there, there was this point at Grant Thornton where you were aiming for this particular position. You could see it on the horizon, and it made you go and stop in your tracks. <laughs> How long did that stop in your tracks take? I mean, did you make a decision quite quickly or were you uh, mulling it over for three months, six yeah. months? Was it a, like a really big, difficult decision to make? I think, um, yeah, it's a really good question. I think the offer, kind of the opportunity really presented itself in January by uh, how apt is this? On the 5th of April 2004, I resigned, worked my notice, and by. Independence Day, July 2004, had started in Spire. So I think it probably happened relatively quickly. Right. Um, and I suppose that that typically is me 
once I've got the fire in my belly, when I've made a decision, I just want to get on with it. Um, and I remember the time, you know, they took me around. I had to do this tour of the country talking to other partners about why Grant Thornton was great and why I shouldn't be doing this and, and all of those kind of things. But it just taught me that those in their 30s, 40s, were, you know, really happy. They had the income. They thought they had the life. Those in their sort of late 40s into their 50s were starting to get a little bit jaded. And those towards the end, I felt, were really kind of, you know, regretting nearly. You know, we used that word earlier, but maybe it's the wrong word. But really kind of wondering what they'd done with their life in corporate life. So that just set me on this kind of path that I could see the opportunity. I knew we could do something different. I could see the market opening up and yeah, fire was in my belly and off I went. So, so uh, I was going to ask you, um, did you do any sort of risk assessment in a calculated project management sort of way or did this fire in your belly just make sure all of that was out the window yeah. and I'm doing it anyway because I've got this fantastic idea? Yeah, I'm, it was just off really. I think there wasn't there wasn't any risk really and people often, I remember those conversations but you know, I left this big corporate animal um, and it was me, a laptop, phone in a desk in a managed office suite um, in the Arena Business Centre on Ferndale Industrial Estate. And I remember sitting there on day one in this little two-man office in a space probably smaller than we're sat in now, Kelly. And um, thought, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I kind of like committed. But, and everybody said, well, you've taken huge risk. And there wasn't, you know, okay. So Michaela and I were married at the time. We had no kids. She had a great job. She was successful. Um, you said you had no kids. Were they far off? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a very good question. So the day <laughs> I resigned, I had, we had no kids. So, and I remember the final conversation with the office managing partner and saying that I've enjoyed my time here. Thank you for, you know, taking me around the country and talking to people. Whatever you say, whatever you do, I've just got to go and do this. It might be the biggest mistake of my life. But I'm going to go and do it. And that was on the Wednesday and on the Saturday that followed. Uh, so this was early April 2004. McKenna came down and says, look, I'm pregnant. <laughs> You're going to stay at GT, aren't you? And I was like, not with what oh. I've just said. <laughs> so no, there was no kids, but, you know, Alex was on her way. But, you know, it wasn't the worst case I always thought was I would go back to employment. Well, I, exactly. I There's always a way risk. back. You know, I think the bigger risk came when I was taking risks with other people's lives later on when I started to employ people and growing the team. I think mm. that was a burden. That's when I think risk was taken because yeah. there was no going back at that point. But when it was just me, a laptop, phone and a desk, it was just like my ego could be hurt here. Mm. My confidence could be knocked. Yeah. But I was always going to be able to get a job. Yeah. And therefore, I think the risks were taken later. The risks weren't taken in those early days so it's interesting isn't it that uh, obviously a very key role model in your life Mike that we talked about he stayed within that corporate environment until such time as he retired and then he could have fun I guess with you and helping you do something different do you think he would have had any regrets not doing something earlier or was that corporate life just for him because some people would just love that and fit into it and not want to do anything else I think one of the things he that I loved about Mike was that he was complete you know if I talk about being independent of character, um, you know, he was complete individual. And therefore, I don't think he ever tried to fit in, but he made that work for him. Mm-hmm. So when he did get a little bit jaded and a little bit bored, he went and found something new within that corporate environment. So he went and worked with the national communications team about how they were going to communicate messages 
internally, externally, worked on conferences in the UK and around the world. So he seeks other opportunity within that environment. Right. And I think that's what he always loved about it. And that's always was the kind of message he was sending to me. I think he accepted that he didn't need control. And I think that was the difference between yeah. us, if that makes sense. I, yeah. I still couldn't ha- be at the back and call and be a glorified employee of somebody else, I think. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's a mindset. Uh, I, I always struggle being an employee. <laughs> <laughs> I gave all that up. <laughs> it's about, I mean, they struggled with me at school, I think. You know, when the teachers start telling you what to do and you're sort of 14, 15, you think, oh, actually, I'm a grown-up now. Do I mm. need to be told? Well, of course you do when you're that age. Yeah. But you don't know then, do you? You don't know that then, do <laughs> you? You don't know that then. Um, so... Are there or have there been people along the way that you maybe saw a bit of yourself in or perhaps a bit of Mike in or where you look and you think, do you know what, if you were just brave enough, if you could just take that risk or take that leap of faith that you could make more, you could make a different outcome. Do you know, you obviously deal with a lot of entrepreneurs and successful people, but are there people that you've seen that are a bit stayed and, are, and they, they just haven't been able to jump out and realise their dreams? Yeah, I think it's not for everybody, is it? Because I think there's there's one, I think there's a, um, I'm going to sound like, is it Spider-Man, you know? With opportunity comes a huge sense of responsibility. So I don't think it's necessarily risk. I mean, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that perhaps could take more risk and succeed in a greater fashion, but they're comfortable because they've got, you know, with the power comes the responsibility. Yeah. And I think they get a balance of that. For me, I think the thing that holds a lot of business owners back and probably, you know, people in careers and whatever is that they become complacent. They become a little bit distracted. They become jaded. And they don't keep that focus, passion and belief mm. going in themselves and in the business and in the team around them. And I think it's more about they end up having some limiting beliefs as well about themselves and the business. So that they limit their opportunity by the way they think. Mm. Um, and they don't adopt that kind of growth mindset. I mean, to a certain extent, again, that's what Evolve's all about. It's about, okay, you're on a journey, continue that kind of piece mm. to grow as an individual and to succeed both in business and from a personal perspective. That's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about Evolve is that I think we're giving that opportunity to business leaders to change, evolve, develop and succeed. Mm. The the Evolve thing is... Um the word rather than the company is quite important some of the podcasts i've heard you do mm. on um, this podcast this hundredth episode you are talking to business leaders that they just change direction they just get to the corner and turn left instead of right and start different businesses and and i find it fascinating mm. that people are brave enough to to do that and just because they know how to do a business and the effort and the procedures and they've got all the functional stuff in the right places they just come up with a new idea and just leap in a different direction i think wow they they need to be brave these people they do but there's also the there's a trick there isn't there and a hazard which is the shiny new thing mentality Mm. and i've been guilty of that you know um you know there was a time you know good friend good client um, James Pink, property developer, we went over to China and looked at modular building over there. And, you know, it, actually the, he's taken that knowledge and done something really great with it, but lost a lot of money in the process. And, you know, 
but it was the new shiny thing and you know mm. got involved in other businesses you know software businesses and they've succeeded but i think there is a risk that you can get distracted by look there's a shiny thing over yeah. there and you forget your core business and i had some of that you know that that was probably me in sort of 2014 i would have thought so when you look back at the, so inspire the first big thing evolve relatively new yeah it's two three, three four years yeah it's it's sort of two and a half years live and another 18 months before that of kind of working out what what it looked like what it feel like so yeah it's sort of i'd always say it's three to four years old and, and sort of like 18 months pandemic years they don't count do they yeah. they're kind of scrubbed in, <laughs> yeah. in some sectors but what are you most proud of in terms of um whether it's inspire or evolve or something you did in either or both of them when you look back at i did this it's a really good question i mean there's so much i'm proud of but for me it's all about when i started inspire so the same applies to inspire and evolve is it's about the people so i set up with this right I wanted to treat people as individuals I wanted to lead people in a certain way and give people opportunity and I've done that and as a result of doing that I think leading people where you give them opportunity and you see them grow and you see them succeed and that's the thing I'm most proud of some of the people that are out there now that are clearly left inspired and doing other things that that's what really floats me about when I think about the team at Evolve and the team that inspire and the great individuals we've got and you can see what they could become, that is something I take real mm. achievement and pride in. And the funny thing is, you know, it started within those founding kind of principles of inspire, but you soon realise that actually that's the bit of, that I enjoy. But it's also the bit that leads to great client delight and great delivery and keeps you on your toes because you're always striving to be better. Mm. And those people are happy. So they're always striving to give great client service. Yes. So, yeah, for me, that's the thing I'm most proud about. It is strange, isn't it, that you were saying about Grant Thornton, and it won't just be them, but those big corporate environments, uh, and not just corporate environments, I'm sure, government as well. There's the, the politics, internal politics, and the climbing over each other was a phrase you used yeah. earlier, always trying to go one better or to yeah. be the one that got it or did it or, or got the the reward or the, the praise for it and yet what you're saying is your philosophy here that you're most proud of is the fact you don't have that philosophy you have we're all in it together and we yeah. all want each other to succeed and that ultimately comes out in your client service yeah. experience so um, that, that's really interesting and it, it goes back to that positive mindset as well and we talk about whether you've had any lightning bolt moments I know my lightning bolt moment was some years ago where I realized the power of positive thinking mm. it changes your life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if your philosophy on uh, your your work here at inspire and evolve is about positive mentality it's it seems to be working i mean was there any other lightning bolt moments for you or or is yeah. that it that kind of that came from mike from what you're saying this positive experience yeah i think that, yeah, my interaction with mike grant thornton definitely did it my interactions with grant thornton about you know everybody being a number when i started my own business it wasn't nobody was going to be a number everybody was a human everybody was going to be treated as an individual um and you know we've got Anne with us who's been with us for 16 of the 17 years of the wow. inspired journey and I knew at Grant Thornton they know and she joined and immediately came knocking on the door to say I'm pregnant and what should I do should I go back to Grant and I was Grant Thornton I was like no that's you that's life you know you're an individual so we'll make it work and you know so that was even before she joined inspire but had handed a notice in at gt 
Simply to remind him of Gavin's story, I suppose. Yeah. Must be something about the inspired charm. Um, but, um, you know, and she's been with us 16 years and, you know, is really senior within the organisation. And if I hadn't if I'd have treated her as a number, she wouldn't be here now. And no. there's so many other stories about that. So I don't know about lightning bolt moments. I think there's definitely a wake-up call that I had in 2014. You know, 10 years into Inspire, I remember, you know, a couple of conversations, you know, funny enough, one with Mike, who was getting really excited it was our 10th anniversary and wasn't I happy and wasn't I think great? And me turning to say, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm really unhappy. You know, we've lost our way a little bit. We had hired some people that didn't really fit our culture and our way of doing things. I got distracted with some of those other opportunities our client service wasn't quite what it was. And I remember saying to Mike, you know, I'm just becoming that person I didn't want to become mm. when I left Grant Thornton. So, and if, if we roll this forward another 10 years, I'm 20 years in and I'm just that person. So we've got to do something about it. And so, um, yeah, and that really changed things. And we had our 10th anniversary party with the big black tie event at the uh, O2 in Boscombe, not the O2 in London. No. Um, and yeah, and I, I remember going on to that stage and I'd had a conversation with Michaela the night before and kind of half jokingly, but half serious because I was that low saying, what would you do and kind of what would you say if I actually got on the stage tomorrow night and said, look, it's been great, it's been a great 10 years, but thank you everybody, but actually that's it. No that's job the- tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, but that's that's kind of... How I felt. Now, I was never going to do that. Was I too responsible as an individual and care too much? <laughs> but that's kind of, that was, you know, that was another kind of moment. Why am I feeling this bad? I've got to go and do something about it. But that 10th anniversary party, we had former staff there. We had clients there. We had people that supported us, the banks, you know, people that provided us with the work, our existing team. And just hearing people tell the stories about what a difference we'd made was the fuel and the energy I needed. I suppose it's a bit like, it gave me that positive mindset to say, no, okay. I'm in a bad place. I've driven the business to here. I need to go and do something about it. So it sounded like you were quite overwhelmed up to that point yeah. with where you were. Yeah. But all that feedback on the night, you saying. All that positive energy, really. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. kind of made me think, right, believe in yourself again. You know, have have that sense of belief. You know, don't, don't believe your own hype. Don't let the ego get in the way because it had. Make some of those tough decisions and choices you know you're going to need to make but you've been running from you know we exited a director shareholder as a result um we you know we fundamentally changed our approach again back to basics back to getting that i talked about it earlier but i think focus passion and belief in business is what it's about so did you come into work the next day sort of flip charts out sleeves rolled up (laughs) it's a brainstorm what are we going to do something like that you know it kind of was just that kind of well once i got over the hangover It, it was um it just gave me energy and it, and we haven't looked back since. And as a result of that, you know, is it, again, if I talk about Evolve and why Evolve exists, it's because of my journey. Mm. And I think if I'd had that linear, and success is never linear, but if it had been a linear journey, I would never have known that I needed that energy and that passion from others and that support of others and... Mm. It changed, you know, you, you say you had that lightning bolt moment that gave you pos- this positive mindset. Mine was about, I need a growth mindset. You know, I'd kind of accepted who I was and where we were. And actually, no, 
I can be something better. I can, you know, I can coach myself. I can go and get coaching. I had some chips on my shoulder. I went and saw, you know, um, wonderful woman, Becky Halston, you know, as a life coach, you know, and I talk about her. I'm really supportive of what she's done and honest to say, you know, again, without her, you know, I wouldn't be who I am today because mm. she's helped me realise some of those things that were my limiting beliefs and things that were holding me back. Yeah, that's a really good way of... Um look at looking at it because I was going to ask you if you had any regrets but it sounds like um or not regrets because we talked about you might look back and say it's not regret but if I had this knowledge at this age now I might do it differently if you give me the same choice that's how, how I look at it um if we would have done things differently had we got the same time again but it sounds like you might have almost got into those checkpoints at the time they were happening Mm. whereas some people might get past them and look back and say if only I'd have it's like you saw it happening you felt it happening it crept up on you it overwhelmed you and then you went right I'm stopping and I'm changing yeah not necessarily going off piste with the new distraction or the (laughs) shiny new thing but you were going I need to get back to me I need to get more Warren I need to think about my ideas so well is my understanding correct? That's what it happened as it went along? Or were there some things that you went past a few months or a few years and thought, oh, I should have done this before? One of the things I look, look back on, it, and it's about bravery. And I, I think there was a period in my life where maybe it's because the kids had come along. Maybe it's because, you know, money had become necessary and important and all of those things. And mm. there were things where I was making too many compromises and I wasn't brave enough to take perhaps the risk or consequence of changing. Mm. But ultimately that made me feel unhappy. And I think that unhappiness, again, I suppose I look back on my childhood, you know, it it wasn't in some ways a really, well, it led me to leaving school. It was an insecure environment in a way. Mm. And it had never been that kind of secure from that kind of perspective, but they were loving, they're caring, they taught me to be independent. They gave me this character that I've got and that made me feel really secure. Mm. And so I think you, when you look at that, I think I lost some of that DNA in me along the way and I had to get that back yeah. as soon as I got that back. And I wish I'd been brave enough to have done that earlier. So if you were to go back now to a young Warren God. <laughs> and give and give some advice, uh, would it be that kind of don't lose yourself? Is that what you'd be yeah, saying? I think it would. I think is believe in yourself. Um, believe in who you are. Because I think I, I carried, if I'm being brutally honest, I think I carried the fact that I left school at 15 for way too long in my life. And I think the fact that I didn't have an education you know, put me in a room of highly educated people. Right, right, yeah. And I'd like go into the corner a little bit. This normal outgoing character would disappear. Um, so I think it would be just, yeah, believe in who you are, believe in what you can achieve and There's a lot of successful business people did go to uni and that. Yeah, Richard definitely. Branson, wasn't yeah. he? He was uh, left school at 15. Yeah. Alan Sugar, I'm not sure about him. But there were some of those big names, these people that had that confidence and the drive to just say, I'm going to go and do something yeah. and I'm going to do it now. I think it's hunger. So I, I kind of look, I even look at our client base and we've got some really successful clients and those that are really well educated. We've also got clients that succeed and you, you look back and you think, and someone once said to me, um, we we're talking about education for my girls and I kind of dismissed it a little bit and it was a guy called James Wilson who wasn't the director we exited 
but he was a director for a time before he saw a new career opportunity for him. Very years two and three of inspired great individual, and um, he was a big advocate of private education. And we were talking about education. I was saying, yeah, but I didn't do that. I did. I went to a comp. You know, I didn't really have an education, but it taught me how to deal with people, all of that kind of thing, and it gave me a hunger. And he said, yeah, but your success will be that your children feel as secure as you did, but they won't have that hunger because you'll have that blanket. Yeah. And therefore they need education. Yeah. And it's quite, I think it's a really interesting way of It's cyclical, of, isn't it? That uh, if you grow up insecure, you might, well, you, you weren't insecure the whole time where yeah. you got to a point where you saw something happen yeah. which which frightened you clearly and you didn't ever want that to happen but um if you give your children lots of security do they then never fear insecurity so do they yeah. have the drive and but it's, it's really difficult it's to... i still struggle you know, my girls 12 and 16 and i still struggle with it today but you know i think you know education is really important and um yeah it, but we are who we are because of circumstances in life yeah no absolutely so what is the next evolution or is evolve still in its infancy to the point where this is still the next evolution evolving right now yeah i do you know what? i don't really know and i'm quite excited about that i think um you know from an inspired perspective part of the thing that we did after 2014 is we put in place a senior leadership team that runs the business day to day so I can focus on my strengths, you know, leading the team, spending time with clients. So I'm really enjoying that role because actually you've taken me out of the operational side of things. Um, it took me a while to do that because of this control freak in me wants to know and do everything. Um, but, you know, we've got a great team doing that. So Inspire's in a great place in terms of, and my role within that is great and I'm really enjoying it. Um, and, you know, there's more growth to come. We are, you know, we're, firms recognise we're winning awards, we're doing the right things, clients are coming to us, we're being referred, new opportunities. So that's great. And then, you know, I suppose Evolve is the startup still. We've talked about it, yeah. you know, is it two, three, four, maybe only 18 months with the COVID period, as you said. I don't know, mm. but, you know, that's an opportunity and that's a real passion from a perspective that I really believe in business leaders. I believe in the benefit that they can bring to society. Mm. And... You know, so many business owners out there are lonely. And therefore, if you can provide some support to them by putting them in environments, in events, in peer groups with like-minded people, they can learn and share from each other. If alongside that, you can give them some coaching and development support Mm -hmm. and actually coaching and development support for their teams in terms of the wider range of skills that you need, then that's really exciting. You know, and we've won some great projects with, you know, Dorset, Solent, NEPs. There's a recognition of the material we've created and the things we're doing. So that's in a great place too. So right now, when you say what's the next evolution, I think it feels like in a good place. Don't get too distracted. I'm sure there'll be some other opportunities that come along and I'm sure I want to be in a place where I can see some of those opportunities. Mm. But really... One of the things I've learned is focus and inspire evolves the focus and uh, long may that continue. I kind of get that feeling that distraction is a thing for business leaders and entrepreneurs. It's easy to get really excited about a new project. Yeah, focus is And I think the distractions can be lots of things, can't they? I I think it can be the money. So I think if you think about, I often say when you start a business, you start it because you have a passion to do something or you want to achieve something or you can make a product better or you can deliver a service better than anybody else. 
And then what happens is, and it's not necessarily about the money, you know, there's a desire for income. But then what happens is you start to build that business, it starts to succeed, you start to employ people, you start to take on premises, you start, and all of a sudden you've got to hit sales numbers to cover the costs. And then maybe you get the opportunity to take a bit bit of that money out yourself. So you then... Oh, the very idea. <laughs> the very idea. And you benefit from some of that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the distraction becomes actually you've got an animal there. Mm. And you, you've got to feed the animal. Yeah. And the animal is money. And money can become the distraction. Believe in your own hype can become the distraction. I mean, how many business leaders, you know, end up getting divorced or separated or not having meaningful relationships with their kids because they get distracted you yeah. know it's maybe that goes back to the ego thing you were talking about as yeah. well is that i've told everybody i'm doing this i'm doing this it's working it's going okay i've got to make sure it continues yeah. to succeed so then yeah. your ego gets in the way of your relationships yeah absolutely oh yeah completely and you see that you do see that unfortunately happening Okay, so no further reinventions a la Madonna style just yet because Evolve is still very important. <laughs> and of course you've got the, uh, I'm not quite sure what you call it, the, the shared working space yeah, in Lower Parkston. Yeah, we've got the co-working, co-working space. Co-working, that's, yeah. the, that's, that's the term. The yeah. <laughs> Which I guess you said that that's how you started in a place like that. Is yeah. that what you were thinking when you decided to set that up? Yeah, well, uh, yes. So it was, but it wasn't the initial thought. The initial... Sp- thought was the space we have is an old school building so it's got some office space for us as evolve it's got meeting room but and then it had this old school hall which was an event space and then along came covid right so the reinvention there was actually yeah no if we like want to put like-minded people together then actually putting business leaders that don't want to work from home that need a desk mm. you know on a daily desk hire basis or somebody starting their business and they don't want to do it from home and let's create that environment and space yeah. and that's how it came about it's, it is important isn't it a lot of people working from home and, and an awful lot of those people don't have space to actually work from home or they're on the kitchen table or working off the end of their bed yeah. so whilst for a lot of people they sort of say oh it's great I don't have to go into the office anymore it's not necessarily a nice experience to be stuck on the end of your bed yeah. working off your dressing table no. so that's an, it's a good resource to have locally as well I don't think there's a lot of it about other than those really ugly big buildings on yeah. industrial estates which who wants to do that yeah, come, come to evolve come it's not to very Cross. inspiring is it yeah come to the old school hall yeah now warren you we talked a lot about your journey to this point working this hard and being this successful mm-hmm. you must have a way to release all of this tension in your life and i'm sure the people that know you or are interested in what you do here at evolve would be interested to know how you keep I was going to say keep a lid on it, actually to keep the lid off it, to let the steam out, to yeah. be able to vent and not get too stressed. What do you do in your di- downtime that allows you to keep it real and to keep your health in check? Yeah, I think there's two things there, isn't it? What do I do to try and keep it real? And what do I do to keep my health in check and have the right mindset? I think keeping it real, Michaela and the girls do that for me. Um, you know, and they spending time with them and that's the reality that actually they're the things that are most important to me so they help keep it real um but yeah i can often get to the point where you know i'm not present in their company i'm distracted i'm thinking about something else and so i think one of the challenges in keeping it real is being present in the moment and that's something i'd always battle with because of just who i am and the character i am and that kind of goal-driven individual, but they help me keep it real. And then from a kind of um, health perspective, it's don't say no no to anything. So, 
you know, I'll try the cold shower regime. You were the one who introduced me to that. Um, I will, um, you know, I've tried the breathing exercises. I've tried all of those different things. But for me, it has to be physical activity because much of my day is spent sat down or, Mm. you know, even walking around an office. It's not really physical. It's very mentally tiring. And therefore, I've got to get out and physically tire myself out. So hence why I'll run... You know, I'm cycle, but predominantly cycle, and I'll do cycling challenges, and I'll. There I am again. I'm setting myself goals to achieve physical challenges, but that just gives me that balance that I need, really. So cycling's a a massive hobby. Hobby, passion, everything. Yeah. How did you get into that? Is that right from school, or is it just something that came about? No, I used used to. Used to. We all used to ride a bike as a kid, and do you know what? It was a drunken conversation at a client's Christmas party. Um, back in 2012 and somebody said at the start of the night I tell you what we can do we could ride to Paris Paul to Paris that's what we could do we could raise some money for charity and I was like yay that sounds good (laughs) haven't been on my BMX since I was 14 but what the hey (laughs) what the hey and I don't think I said yay until about the fourth pint and then I said yay I'm up for it and that was it really and I just got the bug really and just enjoyed it ever since so that same group of individuals raising money for a great charity called Boo. You know, we've been from Paul to Paris. Um, but then, you know, on a number of different trips, I've ended up going all the way down through France, along the south coast of France and ending up in Rome. So, yeah, wow. there's lots of different trips and challenges. But, yeah, it's good fun. And uh, I think they were all relatively uneventful, those trips, unlike the ones closer to home that involved a few operations down at Poole General Hospital, but we won't go into that in too much detail. And you like running, you like doing all the fitness. So I think it's important to get that out, actually, that, um, as you say, you spend a lot of time in the office, a lot of business people will, particularly setting up new businesses. And it's really important for your mental health to get out there and get the fresh air, get the vitamin D and have all of that air going through your lungs, like the deep breathing we talked about. It's really important to keep on top of your body so that you can keep on top of your mind. Absolutely. And I think I talk about frantic months. And so I know now, I've learned to recognise it, that the times when I'm making poor decisions or... I'm just being too emotional at work and not making the clear decisions with clarity is I'm being frantic. And I know that's the point. I need to just you know, step a, step aside, get ideally get out of my bike, go ride, you know, 50, 60, 100 miles and just take some time out. And that resets that fresh air, that just kind of nearly the meditation of turning the pedals or running along the road just mm. resets my mind and I can come back in, I'm fresh. And I can make the sensible decisions. I'm sure some of your regular listeners will have just spat out their tea when you said 60, 100 miles. <laughs> did, he, did he really just say that? Yes, folks, you heard correctly. Warren will go out early on a Sunday morning and ride to other parts of the country and back before late breakfast. Yeah, Glastonbury <laughs> and back is a favourite. <laughs> Warren, it's been brilliant. Thanks very much for sharing your story. I think if people want to know a bit more of the technical side of things, they can get your book, can't they? they Th- can. This was uh, about getting to know you as an individual more. And, and sharing the, the story um, so some really good learning points there and I think for me the don't distract if you're thinking about going to be a business leader don't don't get distraction keep focus um, have a mentor if you can or mm, someone you can absolutely. talk to because it can be very lonely and don't let ego get in the way I mean that my that's my learning points 
from Brilliant. from what you said there well i wish you the best of luck whatever your next venture might be i think we've still got a new business out there evolve that seems to be doing very well and uh keeping you in check if people want to find out more about warren and his journey you can pick up a copy of his book where can they pick up a copy of your book amazon Amazon. And what's it called? Evolve to Succeed. Evolve to Succeed. Or you can like and subscribe to this podcast where you'll get lots of interesting stories from people just like Warren that have done, and it's not just about accountancy, it's all businesses, the, yeah. the whole range of businesses. So you can find out more there. Warren, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Kelly. It's been weird to have the tables turned on me, <laughs> but I've really enjoyed our conversation. And thank you. Thank you.